people often tell me how we live in a completely free society where our laws allow us to do pretty much whatever we want within reason as long as we're not going out and doing criminal activities and other such things. And although in the most part this is correct, it's actually not quite correct when it comes to finances and the economy. You see, what most people believe is that slavery was eradicated a long time ago and that we are all free citizens and that we can earn whatever money we want and that we can save our money for the future and that no one can really do anything against that. Well, again, that's not strictly true either. We live in an extraction-based system now. And what does that mean? It means that the system really is, is rigged against us all in that, yes, we can go out and we can earn whatever money we want if we have the right skills or knowledge or perhaps a qualification or a degree or something like that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be successful. And, and even if those of us who are successful in our relevant fields, are we able to just say to the government, you know what, I don't really want to pay any taxes this year. I'm just not going to pay any taxes. No, that will land you in jail or prison. So what, what I mean then by an extraction-based system is that, yes, you can go out there and you can earn a lot of money. And that's why we see wealth inequality, the highest it has ever been right now. Um, on record, as far back as records go, we have the top 0.1% earning more than most of the lower earners uh, combined. So we do live in this uh, very unequal system right now where there is wealth extraction and it exists all the way through society unless you're let's say the King of England who paid no inheritance tax when he uh, inherited the throne and all of the estates and everything else. What was the reason for that, by the way, just to interject? It was because they said that if he did pay inheritance tax, it would have weakened the value of the royal family's assets. Well, yeah, that's what it does to everybody who has inheritance tax put upon them. It weakens the family, i.e. you inheriting your value of those assets. The only difference is that the people who inherit from a parent, grandparent, etc., uh, usually need that money a lot more than, say, a royal family or something like that. So there's a lot of ways that money is extracted from us through this system. The other way is, of course, taxes, and that can be income taxes, it can be sales taxes or VAT, value added tax, although there's no value added uh, at all. It can be fuel taxes, it can be on aeroplanes now. In fact, that's one thing I wanna um, talk about today is these new carbon taxes, which is deliberate, by the way. It's a deliberate destruction of demand in the economy. And this is the other point to what I wanna talk about today. This is deliberate, what we're seeing right now. We've been in a recession for quite a long time now, but the government and central banks deny it and they use manipulated data to show that we're not in a recession. We all know we're in a recession. And again, a recession doesn't have to mean what it has meant for the last period of years, although they've changed the definition now. To me, a recession, if I can relate this to you, is has your food cost gone up dramatically? Has your housing costs, your energy bills gone up dramatically? 
How's the things that you used to enjoy for leisure and other things, for you, your family, etc. Have these prices gone up dramatically? If the answer to that question is yes, then we are or you are in a recession based on those terms. So you don't really need to wait for the media and the government to tell you, oh, by the way, now we're in a recession. Because what they're saying at the moment then is that we're gonna be moving into this recession later this year in 2023. Now, the reason they are saying that now is to prepare things for that. So what they've already put into place is a huge amount of things, mainly in the form of demand destruction. That means you going out and spending less money in the economy, for example. Not because perhaps anything's changed for you personally. Maybe you've earned the same amount of money, maybe you've earned more money, um, over the last year or two, maybe the things that you buy haven't gone up dramatically, but it has a psychological effect. And that effect is for people to reduce their spending, even if they haven't been affected, because they're being told that we're about to go into a recession. So what have the government, central banks, etc., been doing so far to create this demand destruction? Well, the, the most obvious ones are higher interest rates. They've pushed up the interest rates to the point where it almost breaks the economy and then they started to pause. So they're, they're holding the rates where they are, or at least they're just raising the rates slower than they were before. That's one aspect that they have. The other thing is a tightening cycle, so quantitative tightening, the destruction of currency which they do for a number of reasons we won't go into today, but we've been seeing very high levels of inflation that people simply don't understand where that comes from. That is the expansion of the monetary supply as the supply of money or currency expands and the goods and services stay the same. You now need more money or more currency to buy those same items. That is what inflation is. But at the same time as all of these things going on, we're, we're seeing less credit and credit drives markets and economies. We're seeing less credit in the marketplace. Now, that's a big problem for a lot of reasons. If the world were a different place, it wouldn't be a problem. But because our economies are built upon growth, which is a crazy metric, if you ask me, to just be running the rat race all the time, a hamster on a wheel, but that is how our extraction-based system is designed. And actually, I don't talk about this a lot on the channel because I save a lot of this for my sort of private community or my courses and things like that to teach people how to actually escape this system because it is, it's not just an external system of taxes and everything else, but it's also an internal system. It's psychological in nature because it's, it's more of a mind trap is what they, whoever you wanna say they are, have you in where some people will work every single day, crazy hours, and they will be taxed up to you know, 75% in some cases, depending on how your taxes are calculated. If that isn't a trap of the mind, I don't know what is. But all of these systems that are in place, these extraction-based systems, and now the destruction of credit, what this is leading to, and we, we have all the data, it's, it's very clear, is that demand destruction is working. So what they are doing is they are ramping up the currency creation, making themselves and everyone else, it's the, the Cantillon effect, 
everyone who's very close to the money is getting richer while everybody else is getting poorer. And that's why you're seeing wealth inequality. That's why you keep seeing these videos all over social media of huge mobs of people, sometimes hundreds strong, just running into a Target store or a Walmart or a, um, I think this week it was a petrol station, petrol garage, and destroying the place and looting the place. Because you're having this huge levels of wealth inequality and people don't understand it, you see. They don't understand that it is a carefully designed system. And now what they're doing with this system is they're moving it into a phase where they are about to shift it into a more painful phase for all of the citizens. So this is where they officially announce the recession. Now, this won't be good for a number of reasons because as we go into this recession, we're gonna see a lot more business failures, meaning a lot more unemployment. So a lot of people will begin to lose their jobs. This has the employment scarring effect on society. So it, it kind of goes into a negative spiral downwards. At the same time in the USA, the dollar is on very shaky ground at the moment. Combined with the IRS is now putting $80 billion towards the hiring of, I think it's somewhere in the region of 80, 87,000 new agents, a lot of whom will be used for enforcement. Of course, they've started passing new laws. Now it's $600 you have to file and claim and it's just crazy. Let me just say that. $10,000 before, reasonable. $600 now, very unreasonable. And of course, it's very inefficient as well because before you didn't need all of those agents for processing someone's $600 tax return, but now you're gonna need a lot more agents, which means more government spending, which means making this cycle even worse. So the US at the moment predominantly, but it's also the UK and other countries, are really digging into a very negative um, deep hole for the citizens against all of these warning signs of the BRICS nations strengthening against the dollar. We could even see the US lose the petrodollar, use the lose the reserve currency status, and a lot of other sort of problems that are coming online. Even just this week, the European Union has strengthened its stance that it may not get behind the US if there's some sort of military conflict, shall we say. France has already advised the EU, let's just take a step back away from this whole Taiwan situation. If the US wants to go in, let them, but we'll just take a step back. So there's all of these headwinds at the moment, which are sort of all coming together and, and people aren't quite noticing them at this stage. And this is a great example of demand destruction. So this is a Bloomberg article, no more cheap flights is the new reality for air travel. So what is the reason for this? Airlines face an expensive and challenging, is it few years? No, it's few decades ahead as climate compliance laws get stricter. Uh, interesting. Look at the catchphrase for this photo, it'll cost you. And notice that it's an empty aeroplane. They've used this image deliberately. They haven't used a full aeroplane. They're, they're showing you what is going to be coming in the future. Now, you'll remember for those of you who are the 
sort of hardcore watch every single one of my videos. Last year I did uh, quite a detailed forecast on this and how this would all start in this year 2023 and we're starting to see this now. And what is the reason? Well airlines are facing a huge decarbonization challenge and tightening climate compliance laws. So what else do they need to have? They need to have enough emissions allowance to cover every metric ton of carbon dioxide released into the atmosphere. Now, what if you don't have enough allowance? What does that mean? Well, it means you might not be able to fly all of your planes. It means you might need to buy more. And we just had this report out that shows the resulting cost from these changes for European airlines is about five billion dollars that's what it's going to cost by 2027 which is a huge amount of money now also look at the date and the timeline of this so this really began in 2019 is that a coincidence that this all started in 2019 um, I don't really think so personally and I think this brings up a really good point here if it were possible to charge more without spoiling demand airlines would have already done so and he's completely correct in that statement and not only that some of the things that they are suggesting that the airline industry does is just not feasible so for example for the UK to meet the aviation demand with biofuels, which is what they're suggesting, it would require half of the country's agricultural land. Again, it's just not feasible. What else are we seeing over in the UK then? We're seeing huge insolvencies due to these rising interest rates and the energy bills, both of which we forecast a long time ago would happen, but now the media is starting to admit to it. So we're seeing huge, huge amounts of bankruptcies. In fact, if you look, this is uh, the chart going back to 2019. Why they don't record it prior to this, I'm not quite sure. But you can see here that this is a new high point where we are right now, and that is going upwards, that is continuing. But even better, we actually have a chart of UK businesses and you can see how they are doing. So Q1 of 2020 is here. And as you would expect, 6,750, we saw a drop in businesses. And that's what you would expect anyway. This is when the whole lockdowns periods were just about to kick off. They actually happened in Q2 of 2020, but it was around about the end of Q1. So it doesn't really surprise me because people would have started to take measures before the lockdowns to actually close down businesses that they were thinking of closing anyway. As we then went through the lockdown periods, we did see a surprising number of new openings, but they really don't explain this properly as to why there were so many new openings. In fact, a lot of the economists see it as a complete mystery, or they think it's because people got extra money and things like that. It's none of these things. The actual reason is a psychological reason. So think back for yourself. I don't want to just give you a broad example here. I want to give you a personal example. Think back to when the lockdowns started and began. Some of you would have worked from home. Some of you may have gone out to work. But for those of you who did work at home, you had a lot more time to think. You had a lot more time to evaluate your situation, to really 
take note of where you are right now in life. Are you in the right jobs? A lot of people decided no. That's why we had the mass jumping and quitting, you know, the I quit movement, because a lot of people just decided to move jobs. They realized, actually, I like being at home. I'd like a job I can work from home, or even I just don't enjoy that job anymore. I want a new job. But what else did people think during that time? Well, quite simply, it was, I don't even want to do a job. I want to start my own business and I've got some money saved up here that maybe they were going to do something else with. Maybe they're going to invest it. Maybe they were saving it and they decided, you know what? I'm just going to open myself a small business. Nothing huge. We're not talking of a Walmart or anything, you know, big like that. We're just talking of small businesses. And that's exactly what the data shows. It shows a lot of people started opening small businesses during that period. But then as we go into Q3 of 21, we're seeing a pattern that emerged here and is only getting worse as of the last report was Q4 of 2022. And that is again in line with my forecast, which was that we would see more business closures as the rates got higher. And we're going to see a lot more. We are going to see a lot more bankruptcies because of this creation. Remember, we live in a wealth extraction environment. We're seeing the creation of a recession, an official recession under the terms and conditions of the government, of the central bank. This isn't a coincidence like a lot of people seem to think it is. Oh, oh, now it's coming. Now we're seeing this recession. No, it's been orchestrated the way they see it. This is the best case scenario by you know what they call a soft landing, although I don't think it will be a soft landing. I think this recession is going to be a lot deeper than they really think it is. They probably think they're bringing the plane in for a soft landing, but what's going to happen is it's going to start bumping as it hits and they're going to not sort of anticipate all these other things that are going to come about and converge at the worst possible time. And if they still have high levels of inflation, and again, I say they because it depends on which country we're talking about, if there are still very high levels of inflation, and the interest rates are at a point where they can't raise them anymore because they will just break everything, you are really going to see a major problem that is going through the economies. And this recession could be a lot more drawn out than the 18 months to two years that they are forecasting. This could go on for a lot longer. And if they really mess things up and it isn't just a recession but goes into a depression, which is likely, this could draw out for a decade. I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. That is what the numbers, the forecasts say. This, If they get it completely wrong and they really mess it up, this could go on for a decade. And you know what happens when we go into depressionary periods for assets and asset prices? Nothing good at all because there's so little currency in circulation and there's so little credit, which remember drives economies, that things just keep getting worse and worse and spiral and spiral. So overall, it's not a good outlook at the moment, but just understand that this is being created. It isn't an accident. So with that in mind, it's really important that you take an assessment right now of your budget, your finances, your your family, your housing, you know, everything that you're doing and just account for what is coming and account for the worst case. Ask the question, if we did go into a worst case scenario, a 10 year depression, am I well positioned enough to weather the storm as best as possible? Am I in the right job? 
are my expenses at a reasonable level that I could handle them if my income was cut? These are all the things you've got to start asking now that the government, media, central banks, etc., are telling you. They are coming out and telling you that we are going into an official, <laughs> the word makes me laugh, recession towards the end of the year. And with that said, I just want to thank you for being a subscriber here, for being a member of the private community, for taking my finance course, my stock market course, and just supporting me in any way that you do. Thanks a lot. Take care. God bless. I'll see you tomorrow.